Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Roshan. You can call me Shan. I'm Livs. I'm Romantha. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast. My name is Romantha and I am the community lead for Dope Black Women in South Africa. And I am joined tonight by three amazing women. They are very close to my heart because they are in our community um, here in South Africa. And they are part of the team that basically founded the South African community. You're part of the very, very first women who joined. But we are here to speak on what we love about being a dope black woman, what we love about being a woman in South Africa, what we hate about being a woman in South Africa, what we celebrate, what makes us the same and what makes us different. So without further ado, I'm going to ask my first guest, who she will feel to introduce herself and tell us who she is. Thank you for having me, Romantha. I am very, very, very proud to be here and representing South Africa to the rest of the world. Rifilwe is a 30-something-year-old businesswoman who also is a mom and a wife and who's recently introduced to this Stoplex space. It's changed my life. I'm just looking forward to this conversation, especially because I've been learning a lot. And through the three of you, I, I, I'm looking forward to also sharing, um, you know, my experience as one of um, the dope black women in South Africa. And then on the side, what is what do you do besides being an awesome dope black woman? I love cooking big, lots of meals. I don't know how to cook for one or cook for two. I always, you know, overcook. Favorite meals? Favorite meal, pastas. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, these cheeks, girl. <laughs> um, yeah, Italian dishes. Pasta um, gang. Yes, pasta gang. Um, and yeah, when things are not locked down, I like to keep fit by running, which has been quite quite some time now since I have done that. But yeah, that's what I do. Run marathons. Lovely. Wow. <laughs> so I'm Stephanie. Hello, everyone. Um, I think I'm just going to go with my Instagram bio because that is what you I think that is what you see most of the time when you see me without speaking to me. So basically, I'm a nail varnish slut. I'm a serial popcorn I think. <laughs> and <laughs> I was literally thinking the other day, this cannot be good. But anyways, um, and I'm obsessed with my hair most of the time. Not that time is not this week. Gorgeous. Um, <laughs> so I'm also a, telev a television content editor. So basically... Um, you know, making content for a local, national, 
actuality show um, where we basically we just tell community stories and celebrate the people who are not that often celebrated telling untold stories and I love it for the most part <laughs> that's me that's wonderful um I I'm trying to think I remember my, my therapist asking me who are you and I it took me a very long time to be able to answer that uh, because we all tend to gravitate towards our accolades uh but i and that's where i'm gonna go tonight okay um <laughs> i am but first and foremost i think i i'm a digital storyteller i like to call myself that come on now to tell stories anything that's in my spirit it must go out there the masses must know what's happening there and we must share and then uh usually discourse ensues after that i'm also a video journalist um at a national tv station not tv station well yeah tv station but i work for a specific program under that tv station program uh news program and i tell stories through the camera lens um and yeah that's that's basically what i do i love Joala, 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 joala. Alcohol, not in an alcoholic way, but in a just delicious enjoyment way. In the feelings that come after. It's beautiful. We love it. Uh, yeah, and I like exploring the country and the continent. I mean, obviously, when the pandemonium is not with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love to dance. And I think I'm going to go back to that. I was telling Romantha today. <laughs> that I need to get back to moving my body and I really, really enjoy dance. So I think that's where I'll start and get strong and fit and agile and then we'll discuss a uh, losing weight later. Yeah, I want to join you on that one because the marathon's mm, not for yeah, me. me too. Mm. Do you dance at home? Do you go to a studio? So I used to, just before lockdown, I used to go to a, I've always gone to move into dance, Mopatang, it's in by the dance factory in Newtown. Yeah. Uh, but they had closed down, so there was another one. I found some Soweto boys. But then lockdown happened, and then I had to stop. Mm, okay. Delicious stuff. It's really fun. Yeah, we should have a virtual dance class. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to do pole dancing, guys. TikTok yes. dances even are fun. That seems difficult, eh? Pole dancing, Yes. It's not. Some dances are really easy and fun, but it'll it will take you two hours to I'm learn the pole. thing. Oh, oh, you mean okay? Never mind. I thought you you meant just, <laughs> just no, the stuff for the young dancing teens. Yeah, I pole dancing. I definitely, I definitely want to. Yeah, try. that's Sarah's stuff. I definitely want to try pole dancing. Core strength. Definitely. Stuff. So, a question that we ask. All of the women that come on our podcast, what makes you a dope black woman? What's that? Is that the country's um, byline or what slogan that says alive with possibility? Is that what South Africa is? Hey, because that's how I feel, um, you know, every day I wake up. Um, and what makes me dope is that I always focus on, you know, opportunity and how to make the most of my existence. <laughs> you know, I know that we, yeah, I mean, you're not promised tomorrow and you're not promised that you live, you know, until you're a certain age. So um, I try to live the hell out of this life very loudly, um, very boldly. And yeah, I um, try to impact people's lives 
um, because I believe that, you know, in, in, in this very country that's very much alive with possibilities, you know, there's a vast um, scale of, you know, classes and types of people. So, you know, I always try to look at where do I fit in and how, do, how can I help pull somebody up um, and help them, you know, help myself and people coming after me pay it forward. You know, so that's, yeah, that's what I believe makes me dope. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's definitely, and I always call it my superpower, it's my energy. And um, yeah, so I wear it on my sleeve. It's It never lies, even mm. when I, yes. I don't want it to show that day when I'm not <laughs> yes. feeling 100%, everyone knows. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's very much on the optimistic yeah. optimistic side mm. um i love people even i think we can all <laughs> agree uh hell is people but um i i i, I draw energy from I mean, my energy can only be as powerful as it's received so i i i really i i enjoy that about myself. it's and it's one thing that i'm very very sure of mm. of myself i'm very uh, self-conscious and insecure about certain things but my energy, it just, it doesn't lie. And I think I love the honesty and the authenticity of it all. So I think that's what makes me a dope black woman. It is dope. It is dope. And a big part of the dope black community is energy. Energy, energy, Mm. energy. Because every woman in the space comes with their own energy. And Mm -hmm. you can just feel it when you come into the space, whether it's in our catch-ups or whether it's in the WhatsApp group. You can even feel it through a text. And so that's how high we vibrate in terms of our energies. Being a dope black woman is all about energy. So you definitely are dope. Thank you. As are you. (laughs) Stefani? Um, Tando, like I like what you said where you just, if you're not feeling well, you, you show it. Um, I think what makes me dope definitely is doing things for myself. Um... Because obviously you grow up and you were told that you can't do this or you can't do that. But at the same time, what makes me dope is whenever I surprise myself, Mm. you know. Um, And also the fact that I can admit that I don't necessarily do good in big spaces or a lot of where there's a lot of people and that I'm reserved. I think there's power in that as well. So in a nutshell, I think that is what makes me dope. Definitely. That's very cool. I think I've experienced you in a in a space with a lot of people, and you were so honest about it and vulnerable about it. You were like, "Ah, this is not my vibe," and I was like, "I would have never thought, Steph." But I, I from then on, I I knew how to assimilate and move around you, so that's cool. Yeah, it's that vulnerability. Yeah, I mean, one on one, I think I'm I'm great. <laughs> what do you deem worth celebrating as a South African woman? The responsibility, I guess, and knowing just how broad we can um, carry things on our shoulders, much as it can be to our own detriment. But we've got some other special flavor of resilience in this country. I I see it and I feel it in all the spaces that they are. We I celebrate the fact that at a moment's notice, any one of us knows how to make a plan. 
you know, not necessarily that we, we, we are going to do it, but they, we are always solutioning at, at any given point, you know, whether the country's up in flames, whether things are not done, whether there's a crisis, you know, on behalf of others and things, South African women will know how to make a plan and solution the hell out of it. Um, so that's something worth celebrating because, yeah, I think it resonates with um, also black women, you know, across a few other countries or the diaspora that, you know, we can never be damsels, <laughs> you know. I know those are two extremes and there's a spectrum, but you will never find any of us, um, you know, unable to move ourselves out of tragedy or a, a situation that's left us, you know, um, depleted, so to say. So that's very much worth celebrating. You touched on something that's really important and, and that's really if, if you look at the modern-day South African women now, that is exactly what we're trying to move away from. We are saying we don't want to be strong anymore. Yes. We don't want to be the ones that make a plan. Yes. We don't want to be the ones that worry about A, B, C, D, E. And we don't want to be the ones that plan out the life of our family. We need partners to lead, right? And so I think it's important because, I mean, maybe we can, we can touch on that a little bit later, but the soft life trend that's going on now is exactly something that stems from that. So if you've done that long enough, you just say, nah, fam, I don't want to be that anymore. So it's beautiful to see that you're still celebrating that because women are rejecting that in the masses at this stage. I guess it's in the... Um, I guess it's in the having the option to because, um, you know, you can be spoiled, you can be, you know, you know soft, um, yeah, be in the spaces where you are, you know, you wake up day to day, you are being served, you are all of those things. But um, as much as we know, there's not that much situations that ha happen that way and they are permanent. Um, I like to embrace all parts of me and it's the yin and the yang, you know, the two go together um, because you don't want to, we all know the age old story of, you know, um, a woman that's married for, I don't know, 40 years and then the husband runs off with some mistress, you know, if you've been um, in the situation where you, you know, exactly. Um, if you've been in the situation where it's that's all you've known, um, you have to start afresh. I mean, from you know, getting your own place and getting things to 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 basically make a living for yourself, mm. um, as opposed to having the option that the person that's in your in the marriage or in a relationship or as a partner to you, understanding that you chose to be there. You don't mm -hmm. absolutely have to be there. And they treat mm -hmm. you as such because at any moment's notice, you can just like, I'm out, peace. <laughs> you know, as opposed to men that use that to be like, where will you go? But if they know that, hey, you know, you are credit worthy, you can sign your lease the next day. I think that conversation kind of shifts or changes in how they treat you. I think um, this ties in with what you say to a certain extent, Rufiwe, is that, we, what I do love and celebrate about being a black woman is that we do celebrate other black women. We are always rooting for each other. Yes, maybe here and there we don't, but I think that is also because we know there's only space in certain spaces for X amount of us. Do you know what I mean? But in general, that's what I love, that we do celebrate each other. And I think also when there's a problem that then community comes in again, like we, we sort each other out, we help each other out as much as we can, even in the smallest of ways, whether it is a kind word, you know, or just like, are you all right? Um, 
so definitely that for me, celebrating each other is something worth celebrating. I mean, that we can do it publicly also. Black women know how to celebrate each other. That's one thing. Across the world. We know how to celebrate each other with an insult. We know how to celebrate each other with a question. We know how to celebrate each other with one word. Okay, sis. We see you. And, and oh, Stephanie will know. Colored people have a very intricate way of, 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 of complimenting. I can just think from the top of my head, if you're looking good and you're dressed up, especially in your household, if you live with your parents, they will ask you, <laughs> which basically just means that, where are you going? I did that today. I literally did that today. <laughs> I actually did that today. Looking that good, you know. It's like, where are you going looking good? It's almost like an insult. It really is. <laughs> it's an insult. It is an insult. We can't <laughs> each other with an, a bit of an insult. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I know this is this is also very popular in Nigerian culture. Nigerian culture is also a little bit like that. So we we do we know how to celebrate one another. That's one thing. We all spoke about what it means to be a dope black woman in South Africa. But I think to break it down even further, let's have a look at womanhood, right? Because even that in itself is very intricate even that in itself is not um something that's linear so if you think about being a woman what does that mean to you and when did you step into it sort of sure that's a very deep um but very good question um because i don't have um a recollection of when i stepped into um the womanhood i know i was very much and still pretty much um a part of me um, it's very what people term tomboyish. Um, yeah, so I was a late bloomer, you know, dating and femininity and things like that only reached me when I was in tertiary, I think first, second year thereabout. Um, but being a firstborn um, from two parents and um, both sides, there was there were no other grandchildren. Um, the responsibility part of who I am came pretty early on. Uh, and I don't think it would have been the same had I been a boy child. Um, you know, when the siblings came, I mean, I learned how to cook and things like that when I was 10. And at the time, I don't know that I'm learning. I mean, I'm grateful now because th some of those things are life lessons, right? To know how to look after yourself. But I feel parts of them were not necessary because um, I became low-key a third parent um, to, you know, siblings and things like that. And I know this is true for many um, women across, you know, the world where you assume the role of a nurturer and a person who takes care of others before you're an adult. Um, so I recognize that in hindsight that my, the, the, the femininity started there because of the expectation. I mean, you are here, you can be here while we run errands and look after your siblings or the young ones. Um, so I try very much today, um, you know, raising four boys to really make them alert in the type of world that we are living because it's not necessarily um, taking care of siblings or things like that. First, it, the first burden is the fact that, you know, they're not yours to take care of. 
Um, <laughs> but the second thing is that <laughs> the second thing is that um, it shouldn't be the fact that you know you are firstborn, you are a woman, you are a boy child. Um, you know, life skills should be taught equally to kids when they come into you know an age that's responsible. So yeah, my femininity I think suppose started there. Um, but me tuning into myself and the sensual parts and my soft parts that all came later, <laughs> much later. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, when I, when I forgot to climb trees or got over, you know, scratching myself over the fence and, you know, I don't know, having to play with everything and look like where I've been, you know, when I got over that, um, I, yeah, I, I, it was literally very late. Um, I remember I punched a boy because he told me I looked really pretty because I just like, I don't want that at the time, <laughs> you know, because I couldn't identify, um, you know, exactly, you know, where do I belong in the world? But yeah, femininity came much later. Yeah. It's, it's weird uh, in the group, in the dope black woman men group recently. I don't know how recent it is. It feels very recent to me because it's all that's consumed my head for a while, but there was the discussion about the new terminology that's uh, been implemented to be more inclusive to towards trans slash non-binary slash gender non-conforming individuals who are becoming parents. Um, and that conversation really shook what I've known myself, I suppose others, um, to be womanhood, to be motherhood, um, so I'm very much, I don't think it's confusion necessarily because the rabbit hole that I've gone in to, to uncover the truth, to un unlearn some things and relearn some things uh, has led me to be enlightened in certain aspects. But <laughs> as it stands, I'm very much, um, I'm having to redefine what womanhood is for me. Although at the same time, it's also solidified what I w I've always been sure about. And that for me is, I think Urefilo was just speaking about femininity. I am obsessed with femininity. I love it in all forms. I love it in, in its softness and not in a freely frivolous way, but like in more of a, like a gentle way in um, a nurturing way. Uh, I just love soft things, men, and femininity <laughs> comes with it. Why are you like that? And and for the most part, well, at least for for most of my life, that's womanhood is where um, femininity has been innate, so to speak. And I know now, um, I mean, I've alluded to a whole lot of other avenues where you can find femininity, but. For me, my my womanhood resides definitely in my femininity, in my softness, in my gentility, in my kindness, in my openness, vulnerability, um, just willingness to to do more, to be more, um, and not in a in an oppressive way, but in a in a way that I choose because I have the choice to do it. Um, it's a lot, and I've no, I've said a lot, and it might not mean something to anyone, but I'm sitting and I'm comfortable in my 
in my being unsure right now how to articulate what I mean, but as it stands, you must just take this mixed masala of words that I just shared with you because there's a lot going on there and I don't want to force myself to have a succinct answer because as it stands, where I am is still figuring out how to, yeah, how to articulate it better. But yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask Tando, actually, do you find that, you know, the gravity at which you feel and express your femininity varies in different situations? Because, like I said, if I have to look after my siblings, they will not get me soft, you know, they will get, you know, um, yeah, Miss Strict and, uh, you know, the, the harder parts of me. Um, but if I have to obviously, you know, um, you know, be with, you know, a loved one, you know, kiss, hug and all of those things that I do feel like a girl. Um, but <laughs> throughout the day, there are things I need to do, which obviously I channel the other energy. Um, do, do you feel that that's your experience as well? Absolutely. Like, and also for me, because I'm a, uh, in finding my comfort in my lesbianhood ill. <laughs> Um, in my yeah. in, in my lesbianism <laughs> um it just sounded weird <laughs> but in like it was a journey of like i started out as a feminine person and i i felt as though i wasn't visible to other gay people so in order to be visible i tried to exert a more masculine oh. demeanor just to be like hey just so you know i'm mm. also out yeah I, I like the carpet man <laughs> But with growth, um, I realized, no, man, I don't vibe your love. Yes, I did. I did do. Yes, but um, with growth, I realized, no, man, I don't have to assert myself in a masculine way, although I do uh, possess masculine energy and I I absolutely love androgyny. Mm. So there is a lot of code switching my femininity and towing the line of being androgynous, but leaning more towards the feminine side, Mm. just so that, I mean, sometimes it's needed. I think we all, we as human beings, we all move, especially Africans, Mm. black people, black women, we absolutely exert this energy of like both the gogos and the mkulus. Um and I embrace it. What traditional thing that that constitutes womanhood to you or in your mind has just been st- things that have been passed on from previous generations and it's not really been something that you discovered for yourself. I think definitely getting married, having a kid from my side, um, passed down. But I think it's also because, and doing the best for your family. um, But I think it's also because back then our parents, mothers, didn't have much options. You know what I mean? Um, But I think for me, when I've moved away from that train of thought, obviously it's getting older. It's being exposed to different people, different cultures, different communities, um, and also not like you mean. I'm at the age which people be like, "Oh, are you when are you getting married?" Or not even that. Not even getting married. Don't you want kids? You know. So it was ever since then that I had to ask myself, "But what? What is this womanhood?" And for me, it's not as deep. It's something as simple as 
wearing a red lipstick, a bright lipstick, then I will feel, huh, woman. You know what I mean? Like simple things, mm-hmm. like even simple things and being a straight woman is having a guy look at me, having a guy come. You know mm. what I mean? Just very, very simple things. Uh, so I that's what she said or just... <laughs> that's okay. what you said. You know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be as deep as like, you know, I need to to paint the living room, this color and the kids' room need to be like, not not having a household. You know what I mean? It's not... I don't think it's... For me, that's not it. Maybe that was something that I aspired to when I was much younger. Not so much anymore. <laughs> Right. Um. Just to add on Steph's point, I think when you started out, you were talking about how culturally, um, I, I, I'm not sure if you were saying the expectation to get married and bear children. Um, and for me, being a woman, cultural, and I think of it because recently I was supposed to go home before uh, Gauteng was <laughs> shut down, <laughs> lock it up. Um, <laughs> but I was supposed to go home for like uh, traditional things. And I was, I had to reckon with the fact that things almost came to a halt just before they locked it down, just because a lot of what needed to happen came from women. And I was going to have to uh, support the the rituals that were supposed to happen financially, physically. I was going to have to drive down to KZN to, to go do those things. But ultimately, I had no say. No one wanted anything. I, I couldn't say anything because the decision la- la- lies with the men, the older men in the household. And I, I just thought there was, I, I don't know, I, I was kind of a little bit pissy about that. I mean, I think I'm a little more than pissy. It's like, you're, you're more than willing to take my money. You're more than willing to demand that I show up physically regardless of my mental or if I have the mental capacity, the emotional labor that I'm going to have to do. You don't tell us what happens. We tell you and you need to step in the line and fall in. And it's only because you are unmarried and therefore you are still a child. And that for me, it just traditionally and culturally, there's so much that needs to be dismantled there because Wow, it's always a fight. Always. Mm. Yeah. Rafila, you were, yeah? <laughs> I I feel what Tando is saying, like with every fiber of my being, because, um, yeah, you are having a similar yet vastly different experience to me because I recently also had my grandmother pass away, uh, my last living grandmother, and... It is um, the women, me and my sisters, that ran the show Um, because, number one, um, the men, um, the same grandmother was, you know, coddling them, so to speak. Um, They're all grown up. I mean, they're they're all adults, but um, from her pension money, they would live and their kids would live and things like that. And I mean, I just became in action mode because partly because of the childhood I told you about. Um, I just did and did and did and did. And then we buried her. And then on the day, I felt like nobody cares about me and how I'm feeling. I mean, I've been there for everyone. Um, and then like, I literally was walking, like leaving to come to my house. Cause I'd been there for like four or five days. And then I turned back. I was like, actually, I'm going to call a family meeting for these guys because I was so enraged. 
Um, and I, t- I called them to order and I said, listen, you know, I-, I feel like we need for you guys to show up like in ways that, you know, well, tradition expects them to be the leaders, right? But we have, but all of them have been, I mean, fetched by us, um, you know, dropped dropped off by us to do this you know it's and it's that whole thing that no you made it in life which i don't understand because i don't cease to be a child or your niece or nephew because i suddenly am married and i have a decent job but they literally didn't show up only you know because i understand they were distraught because you know my grandmother raised them very soft really Mm. soft like it was enraging me um and then i had to sit there and say i don't want to offend anyone but we need for you guys to show up like listen now (laughs) me and my sisters and our husbands our husbands could like punch the lights out of us and then you can say i'll call my uncle for you it's like that one (laughs) definitely (laughs) which uncle you see the uncle that i just have to go fetch (laughs) you know know what i mean because he can't make it here by himself so yeah I, i i i don't like and i like um the fact that they're in charge at the same time but it's a it's as if for life always has to favor them. You always have to yeah. um, mold yourself as a woman to what suits them. Like yeah. I have to not be a big sister to my uncles. Yep. And then if I'm not married now, I have to listen to them and yeah. give them money. It's like, yeah. you know, either way I'm, I'm fucked basically. We bury the brunt. <laughs> yeah. Shoo. And I feel like, I feel like I, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I feel like this is exactly what was, what sort of launched yeah. us into saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going to be a princess. I'm going to be a flower. I'm going to be a feather. You don't strike a rock, you strike a feather. Someone said that on TikTok, that's not my words. But <laughs> so I wish that was my word. When you, when you strike a woman, you strike a rock. No, we, we scratch that out. And so we want to be feathers. And we are, we are yeah. so emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually sad as women. Because we're just exhausted and we... And we also spent, yeah. We spent. We, we, we're stretching ourselves in every aspect of our lives. And so mm. I think maybe that brings me to the next point because then definitely people will have an understanding of why we are so exhausted as black women, mm. specifically in South Africa. What are the things that you just absolutely hate about being a black woman in South Africa. I mean, we are the majority, so you can basically just say as a woman in South Africa. As a black lesbian woman, the fact that we coined the term freaking correctional rape, as well as like femicide in the country, those words didn't exist before, but because we're so good at raping mm. in this country, that's where it stands for. We, oh, we have to have a special kind of name sure. for a special kind of rape that happens only to correct lesbian women. Like it's, I absolutely find it deplorable and abhorrent that that's the kind of nation we are. So yeah, it pisses me off and uh, I can't. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think it's definitely having to watch your back all yeah. the time. Yeah. Basically. Like what happened to me today and asking the questions. So I was at this shop and one of the guys helped me out. It's not today. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a long ago story. You know, they, today. <laughs> they take your, your, you know, the little box and they carry mm. it for you. And usually I'm just like, I don't know, I've got it. And then, like, oh, this guy scooped in. But he literally walked to my car. I was behind him. I'm like, how do you know this is my car? 
No, I was standing mm. there. I'm like, yes, he might have just been standing there, but living in the country that we live in, it's probably not that simple. I mean, and mm-hmm. this is not the first car story. I, I, another story was, so you park your car and you walk to the office, right? Well, by the end of the day, this guy working on a construction site, it sounds like such a cliche, um, but won't this guy tell me, oh, you're the one who drive that and that car. Now I'm like, oh, shit, now I need to change my route on the way to work. You know, so it's that just having to watch your back. Constantly. All yeah. the time. And sure. that you, the back of your friends. I mean, your friends having to send you, even when they're in Cape Town and I'm in Joburg, sending you a message. Look, yeah, I'm going to go here and there with so-and-so-and-so. Your Uber rides. Sending a friend constantly, like apps, apps have started developing safety mechanisms for women, mm. especially and targeted here in South Africa. And and I think it 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 really does it really isn't any good that we work in the media. Well, two of us, three of us, um, work in the media, and we are constantly bombarded with all of this gruesome stories. And all of the mechanisms in which they are trying to find new ways to rape us, trying to find new ways to rob us and mug us and make us targets. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even just outside elements. It's inside your house. You're not even safe within your in with your intimate partner. Statistics will show it. All you have to do is Google femicide South Africa and the stats will, will speak for itself. The reality is, as a black woman in South Africa, I should be ready to die. Any day, any time, anyhow. Whether I'm inside my house, whether I'm walking the dog, um, whether I've gone to work, the reality is that I could meet my death wherever I go. Whether I'm at school, sure. whether I'm in the principal's office, um, yeah, whether I'm yeah, you know, pregnant with my partner's child, I could find myself hanging from a tree. So mm. I basically that's my reality and all our realities, I, I guess, in this country. That's that's the, yeah, that's the setting um, of, I guess, our lives and our futures in this country. And what will it take to change? Because, you know, how many years later we, um, yeah, I think now with social media and having everything, um, the microscope on everything, instead of becoming um, less... You know, you see, you hear the stories even more, like you are saying in, 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 in your industry. You get to hear first about, you know, a body being found and yeah, that trauma alone, I can't imagine it because you know that could have been you. You passed that road yesterday or your sister lives down that road. So what does that mean? You know? Mm. Yes, like adding to that, I was in a conversation with a friend a few years ago even and she mentioned that, you know, her, the person that had, that has a, I don't know, who can track her phone is her husband, right? And then she, she said, like, this might even be a mistake because you never know. Like, it might be your husband that's killing you and he's the only one. Like, if you, if you look at statistics, he can track her. He has, I don't know what you call it track or iPhone track or find a friend or whatever. And he's the one who, who has access to all of her things. But then she was literally thinking about, oh, but what if something happens? He's the only one that will know. Sure. So, yeah. That's yeah. wild. I mean, for me, even, 
you know, being a grown woman and whenever I go out or go away for a weekend or whatever the case might be, guess what my mom still tells me? I'm a grown woman. Please be careful. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know what I mean? Ugh. Careful of what? Yeah, it used to be that, um, you know, the 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 people used to look at you like oh you are not married so you are you know not safe or not protected but now people are staying single in order to save themselves because wow you know yeah and this is our lived reality in South Africa and you know when 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 we hesitate and take hesitate and take a pause to think about what makes us celebrate being a black woman in South Africa you know this is the pause this is this is all of the trauma we have to filter through to get to the actual good stuff. So um, I think I think we spoke about safe spaces and you know part of dope black women's motto or mantra is for us to create safe spaces for women to just be spaces where they don't feel like they have to look over their shoulder. They don't necessarily have to watch how they act because they might be violated. Spaces where, you know, we come to a space with an open mind, knowing that we might disagree, but we yeah. come to a space and we can say, okay, I, I didn't know that, yeah. and now I know that, and I can either take that, yeah. or I can say that's, that's, that's for you. Not, not for me. That on. Yeah, not for me. Yeah. And so I think in the same vein, I want us to maybe touch on the importance of places of safety. Where do you find places of safety mm. is it with family is it with church is it with you know where is it is it with the lover is it with yourself where do you find it mm. sure that's so deep right now because um you know peopling can be very <laughs> exhausting um you know for 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 workspaces you are interacting with people and um not everyone's aware of um how of an unsafe space they they are in their person um and some of those people are related to us live with us married with us and sometimes or there's this um gravitation towards or the 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 whole movement promoting alone time um like i was saying that some people keep single to to be safe because peopling um, especially with people unaware of, you know, things not to say or things not to um, do in order to aggravate or violate your personal space because, number one, you are the, their wife or their girlfriend and they expect things from you. Um, it can be quite tricky. Um, and I'm a mother of four and I know that my children sometimes are not a safe space. You know, when I start talking to them in another voice, then I know I need, I need to li literally leave everyone here and take a drive or, you know, um, go somewhere. So it's the part where you are done giving, you know, it, it happens daily. I mean, for like a wife, mother, you know, even if you are employed, you are done giving your employer, all of you and literally you just want to free your nipples and yeah. <laughs> tell you about deadlines. Um, so I don't think people are aware enough Ooh. of how unsafe they are. So my most um, safest place right now, <laughs> of course, it's got to do with the fact that, you know, maybe, um, you know, wedded bliss and whatever, but it is with my partner because of, you know, we both in the dope black spaces and we've done so much um, mental health, wokeness work together as a couple uh, because recognizing around us that, hey, 
you know friendships are costly relationships um parents and you know everybody's just subtracting from who you are um so we give in to each other and yeah we 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 we've we've got a safe word to give each other private time um because it does get that heated also um where you are tendering to each other or you in each other's spaces or you're missing each other during the day and you want to be in each other's space at, in the evenings um but yeah it's just not possible so i think solitude will always win um, you know, if you, of course, are in charge of your mind, because in solitude as well, um, a person can leave their mind to wander into oblivion and end up being, you know, unwell. Um, so I think the most important thing is to be conscious over anything, like pay attention to the ups and downs throughout the day. You will find, you know, where you are mostly yourself. If it's maybe in your car, <laughs> you know, if anybody enters my car, they'll see if they're not met with a bra, you know, or a big fat chocolate wrapper, you know, things like that, then yeah, that's, that's where I feel like I could be myself because I also don't want to feel like I'm eating a chocolate and there's an athlete running here in the house talking about, Hey, you know, <laughs> I'm eating a chocolate again. I'm like, leave me alone. You know, dead calories. <laughs> yes, you see. And yeah, I have to appear a certain way, even on social media, maybe for work, you know. Um, you know, like I teach mindset work, but I don't always feel like the person that I'm projecting. And I also now have gone into teaching exactly about the off days and the days where all you want to do is, you know, have a joal. And Absolutely. whether it's 10 in the morning, always and forever. Allow yourself that because the, I think the two go hand in hand, you know, having your shit together and um, allowing yourself to fall apart to yourself first. The two go like this. You can't be mm. high all the time or low all the time. You have to embrace all the parts of you. Yeah. Wow. Tanda, what do you think? Where's your safe space? Uh, therapy. Yay. <laughs> um, so happy to hear that. Definitely, ther- definitely therapy. Friendship group um and like it's it's so safe i'm so comfortable in like making plans with my friends and then literally at last minute be like sister i I actually cannot um (laughs) because I, i think who said this evelyn from the internet said um if you are agreeing to do things i lied evelyn my mom's name. Yes. Um, oh, really? You should follow that girl. She's insane. Is that a handle? Wild. No. <laughs> <laughs> internet. Yeah. Evelyn from the internets is her name. I think she said, if you, it's when you agree to do something that you don't want to do, that's not being nice. That's lying. Um, so it's like very much that kind of. It's a betrayal of self. Oh. It's it's a it's violence against your most authentic self, um, <laughs> and also lying to your loved ones. Just be true to yourself. Be true to your loved ones. So I I definitely find safety in those people who I can be absolutely honest with, um, even when it's uncomfortable. Even when I feel like ah, I've cancelled you on you four times in a row, but that's where I am. So what must happen? But I I am able to do that without them inflicting guilt on me i have my own guilt things that i have to work through but yeah definitely that and i used to find safety at church uh, but church is no more so stephanie maybe you can can tell us what your safe space is definitely at home 
on my couch doing whatever as long as it is on my couch um, sometimes the shower guys for a good cry um, definitely feeling better after that and also I've I mean I've one friend we've been friends for years you know our friends come and go we've been friends for years we've seen each other through a lot and I can always just say where people will judge me otherwise definitely judge me because we sometimes say things that are not you know PC um, definitely with that friend and for me also with the years my parents um, our relationship has changed a lot and I think also being away from them and also it being locked down in COVID-19 so for me my parents is also like like a safe space and I'm lucky I'm lucky in that regard actually I love that I love that because um, one would expect <laughs> you know um, on some level for them not to be so I love that and I'm grateful for you about that um, you know I also have a best friend who um, yeah I think I let loose with her the most um, we, we have a language that nobody can hear what we're saying you know all the way from 18 years ago yeah we just have this yeah we can talk um, with expressions and um, yeah I just have to call her and we've got this ridiculous laugh once once you do that then it's over for us and i feel as though um you know she, yeah she like people can the two of us in one space it's just too much um so i think you know the uni the universe you know conspired and she works in um Bulukwani and i'm in Joburg because yeah no in one space it just it's not very productive you know but we schedule the getting together so that we can give each other the wellness the wellness you know and i think it's a beautiful thing because even me and my friend we want uh, she i'm here and she's in cape town and it will be that early saturday morning i'm awake at 7 30 i'm gonna call you i don't care if there's somebody next to you in bed i'm calling video calling no, best sounds about right. yeah, <laughs> i don't care about right. that swell goes <laughs> if you know. don't get a damn we were talking about it um before uh steph and i about actually steph i and tando were talking about um friendships and shooting your friendship shot and i think it, it just brings me back to to another question that i had in terms of women and women getting along we are in a space of a bunch of women who come from different walks of life who are either married divorced single in a relationship um not dating you know and even then there's some more layers and we get along quite fine i mean if there is a misunderstanding we deal with it amicably and so what do you think of this notion that women can't get together or don't get don't get along it's a patriarchal lie i'm kidding <laughs> i think it is genuinely exactly i i agree with that yeah, it's a patriarchal lie and it's there are reasons, of course, um why they would say things like that based on our own um there's a part about, you know, uh, women groups that can become toxic. Um or you know, there's the there are things that we do we also because of maybe our differences or our similarities, I'm not sure. Um, but they want to put a spotlight on that only. Um, you know. Every weekend you can see on your timeline, you know, things that women have done Please. together, mm. um, projects that women have completed, mm. companies it's that are, women are running together. So the evidence yeah. is more than 
um you know yeah it's more than there it's more um makes right. it easier and uh, you know have that i don't even want to call it as a tolerance but an authenticity to just want to be in the space of uh, people that may not be the same as you um i think that's that's for me that's a big trigger if a person feels as though they have authority over how somebody should live their life you know um and yeah the the minute a person is conscious enough about themselves to know that uh uh-uh, uh I cannot speak for anybody else but myself and have control over that. It's very easy to get along with that person because you can you guys can, you know, share ideas and collaborate and understand that you're coming from authentic spaces. So that's what I actually appreciate about this group because sometimes, you know, it'll be the big paragraphs and the heated topics and then sometimes it'll be the banter mm. and the jokes and um we all appreciate how different we are. So I I I think um you know that's what works well with right. our community. And also, I think I mean, when people say that, is it because I I genuinely I have a feeling I could be wrong. I don't mind being wrong. Uh, that you say that just because these women find safety in each other, and those are the people that I hang out with, and people people humans will human. Um, there'll be jealousy, envy, um, all of the f- human feelings that you'll have, but because. I find safety in women, just for me, for instance, I do not have men in my life. So then are you going to say women are toxic and they are whatever, <laughs> just because not the voice that's all I have. If it's, uh, women are all I have in my life. So then now you're going to say, yeah, it's women. It, that thing comes pre-installed in a vagina. Mm. It does not, mm. please. It's really just... I have my own traumas. I have my own things that I have to work through. And it just so happens that she has a vision or she identifies as a woman. It's not necessarily something that comes pre-installed in a vagina. It absolutely can happen with men as well. It's just my life just so happens to be designed in the way that I I only have with most majority 90% women in my life. And I mean, a difference in opinion is healthy, I think. Also. Absolutely. Very much. And um, when, I don't know about you guys and the, the men that you know closely, um, you know, but they are always happy having superficial hangouts, um, mm-hmm. you know, above the surface types of relationships. The minute it gets deep for them. They have very few people they confide in. They're very close to individuals. So whereas us is the opposite. Hey, we weigh our feelings and, you know, our vibes On and our things sleeves, like that. Yeah. So that is why you will find, naturally, they tend to appear to have better friendships. But if you tear those friendships apart, are these people really your friends, you know? Um, so that's why it's hard for them to call out each other if they're doing bad things because they're like, you know, um, yeah, it's like, okay, but he's my friend, <laughs> you know, friend. Um, mm. you know, and I don't want to appear as being a person that asked or, uh, you know, like, what do they call it when you tell on somebody, you know, I don't want to appear to be that person. Snitch. Yeah, it's a snitch. Uh, snitches get snitches. snitches. <laughs> I'm about to say. But yeah, I think that the types of friendships we have, um, we're always looking for deeper connections as opposed to our male counterparts. In my observation, I don't know if you guys have experienced the same. Right. Definitely. I have. Okay. And especially the older you get, eh? Yep. Yo, that age, the layers of being here on this planet will wow. add up. And they will cut out your patience. The experience, the years of experience. Yo. You know, I always say the 21 plus. 
X amount of spe- experience. Yep. Sure, okay. Counts for a lot, guys. Humaning. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of, of safe spaces and loving, what is love like for a South African woman? Mm. Money. Do we experience enough of it? What does it look like? <laughs> if it was that money. No, what does love look does. like to you? And do you do you security? Yes, come on, tell us. Yes. Um, I, I, I watch, you know, dating shows only because it's part of my other job to keep in the know what happens in the relationships of people and how people get together. And yeah, if I'll bear Sorry for you, because that is a big, like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, that is a, that's like a, that's like a huge thing to women in South Africa. I don't want to mm-hmm. lie to you, you know, women don't want to be poor. They don't want to struggle. They don't want to. Want so what do you mean by ubechi? Give out girlfriend allowances, you know, um, pay for my way basically pay for my weave or whatever you know there are there is the position of male provider whatever but i think for people to get there um the two of you have to be at a certain you know level but to start the relationship women ask we are better now which is like will you give me money and (laughs) this is first date question by the way if you watch date my family they ask guys Women love money. What kind of woman am I? Is it in, so it's not just the nice to have the money. It's like... A, they want it. They demand it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I want to say it's a prerequisite because I, I get the fact that, you know, you guys can grow together and maybe he, he's got a few more years on him and he earns more, whatever. Um, but then at the beginning of the relationship, you want to date my family. If you watch Single and Mingle, if you watch those shows... Or like we are jaw, like we like no, but I got bechi. You know things like that. Like you know, I cheated because he didn't give me money. You know that's a reality with a lot of South African women. But if you examine it closely, you will find that there are economic factors obviously attached to to all of that. But it's become a go to thing, and it bothers me so much because. What it means is that the broke guys are basically out for the count. They're going to remain single until somebody hires them. Um, but yeah, a, a huge part of how relationship starts also, friend, in 2021. I know, but he's in which country? We're not first world country. What has happened in the country for the past two years? There are all sorts of factors. That's what I'm saying. Honing, honing in on, honing in on the big that beginning. I feel like yeah, on some level, there's the rise of the influencer as well. I must appear like I've got more than I've, I have. So on the girl side, that's very you know, and then the guy has to find a way to let this person know that I can provide for you, even if they can't. And then, yo, it's it's bad. In a big way, they tie their masculine, masculinity to being able to provide. And so they, they fuck themselves over. And they subscribe to a patriarchy that does not benefit them or us. You, you, you go and work for a flashy car, for a flashy outfit. And then at the same time, you say, women are just interested for what I have. But that's all you gave us. That's all you put in the display window. What are, we're going to come into the shop because we saw things in the display window. So put some other things in your display window. Maybe then we won't see you for your money. 
Um, but yes, I'm very interested to, to know your personal perspective on love. I mean, I don't know if I can tie it down to being a South African woman specifically. I think this might be something that women would want in general, or this is what I see love to be, is companionship also. Don't, don't come love me, but you driving around all weekend in your flashy car. I must sit next to you while you drive me around and show me things, doing things together. Like for me, that's that's such a big part of love is it's is having a companion, a companion, a partner, and um, mm. obviously yes, providing for you. I can provide for myself, but it would be nice if you could also pay for an extra holiday a year. You know, I could pay for my one, and you could pay for an extra one. Um, Mm. I don't I don't understand this whole notion of if you love me you will buy me yeah. Prada or Gucci or whatever for me that is I don't know if it's because I'm not from the city but for me that is that is a foreign it's a very foreign <laughs> concept show me you love me and buy me x y and z and I think a big part for me when it comes to love it's definitely also you know, loving the people that I love and care for. Also, if they are good people, I'm not expecting you, you're going to love my friend that treats you a certain way. You know what I mean. Um, but a big part for me is also loving the people that I do and treating them with the same respect. I mean, these are, I think it's, it's not too much to ask, is it? What do you think of love and being loved as a black woman? Um, I'm listening to you guys, and I think in my spaces, so I don't. Again, to reiterate Steph's uh, notion, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure if it's a South African thing, but I do think it's very much in my circle of friends. We are most of us are in our either late twenties or early thirties, mid thirties, and there's this like weird um, air of. I'm just thinking. I think there's about six people or six six close people that I know who are, we're all in companionships, mm. but no one is w wanting to take the leap into a relationship. Um, and also the idea of loving uh, with a free hand, being able to explore. It's not necessarily uh, polyamory, but rather just like keeping your avenues open. And I think it comes from just being jaded um, we've been here too long and we're tired <laughs> and, and for most of us, I think also we're the, f like the first few generations where we can get married and we don't know what it looks like for us, uh, LGBTQIA plus, um, gang members and most of us in like black queer people, it's scary. Like, I don't want to present like my gay things to my family. How's the Lobola going to work? Don't nobody want to hear, like, oh, are you lowering that person? Is that person going to lowball? It's like, I don't know. I've never been married. So rather just stay clear of that avenue. So it's just, it's very, it's not confusing per se because I'm very sure of who I am. I'm very much, I know I don't have the capacity to hold space for another human being financially, emotionally, mentally right now. And so we are all settling for companionship. But it's also very, like, dangerous and like we know we're playing right? ourselves yeah we know yeah. for sure we're playing ourselves and and it's going to have to come to an end at some point mm. 
but we are very comfortable in this lie, I think we're telling ourselves that it's fine. I mean, it is fine for now because mm. I don't, I can't do anything else, but I, I also don't want to be alone. So yeah, it's this weird space where everyone is like, okay, you know, let's vibe and see where this goes, but I don't want it to go anywhere else. But okay, if the, if the ancestors tell us it's going that way, then we will follow. But like, it's just, it's bizarre. I, and I'm just experiencing it with so many people around me and I'm like, is it is it a gay thing? Or <laughs> just do we need to be healed? Do we have hectic wounds? I'm not sure. Uh, but that's what love is for me right now. Beautiful. I was about to say, I don't think it's just a gay thing. I think it's that companionship yeah. is a very important component. Like, I mean, I think even for for some of my personal things where it's like, you're not really a thing. This is not a thing, actually. But for those moments that we are together, <laughs> right? It's like, at least you have... I'm vibing with this and I like <laughs> You it. know, exactly. It's like, even if it's just for these next two days and then for the next three weeks, it's like, ah, oh, it's just me alone. But then yeah. again, like for this weekend, you'll have this body with you doing things and loving you and giving you the attention that you want. <laughs> Yes, it's so crazy because even when you go to, if we, like for me, it's been confusing just because like some friends, okay, this is before lockdown, everybody, uh, but like you get invited to something as a unit and then there'll be people that you don't know you meet there at the soiree or whatever. And it's like, mm, we have to discuss how are we introducing each other? Well, sure enough, I can introduce you as your name, but I don't know, with gays, they are very just forward. Someone will be like, okay, then, well, I'm I'm entering here. And it's like, no, I'm seeing someone. Like, just, like, trying to find the language and how to label the thing has been very interesting. So companion like, mm. has seemed like the, the fitting word. But, yeah, that's where I am, and I'm I'm liking it. And I'm feeling guilty for liking it, and I'm, fe- I'm, tr- I'm almost trying to find spots where this won't work and this is bad and I'm this I'm playing myself and girl you lie to yourself and just wait for it to just blow up in your face type thing so yeah that's what life's looking like but I'm enjoying it listen I'm having fun so that's all that matters right now as as dope black women part of what we believe in is redefining things for ourselves right Mm -hmm. and so we're always in the spaces to learn and to learn so that you can expand your own horizons and your own frameworks and so that you can color outside of the boxes. And I think a big part of what we do as women, and the reason I asked the question about love is because there's so much value being placed on a woman being loved versus a man being loved. If a man is not being loved, he's just living his best life he's just you know no one looks at a man and says oh you're not wanted oh you say that i saw a tweet um a tweet that asked guys if if bonang i think pro to see nomzamumbata to sobedu were married do you think that be global species right now and I said that I was like, Magenga, no. Hey, if we are truthful, I don't know. And a lot of the women in the group said no. It's a no. 
It's a no. And and this is a different conversation about marriage and about how very often relationships mm. hold you back, but it is a big no. there's a big list of considerations to make mm. for you to excel in your career versus you excelling in your career while you're married or with kids or in a rela- or in a relationship. You understand there's a lot of balls to juggle and a lot of and as much as we preach you can have it all. Let's be realistic. There are certain expectations when it comes. You will drop the ball somewhere. Exactly, you will drop the ball somewhere, and you'll feel guilty somewhere. Mm-hmm. But my question, back, back coming back to love, is my question is basically centered around how how much value do we place on others' love versus our own? And a big part of what you guys answered, I think, gave us an idea, right? That that. It's important for us to color outside of our own boxes mm. that we set there for ourselves. And if you're going to sit and feel some type of way about these new boundaries that you've set, it's perfectly fine because it's not a norm, right? And it's new to you and you're still learning and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to feel guilty and you're going to feel horrible and you're going to feel excited at the same time. You're going to feel butterflies. All the delicious things that... <laughs> The forbidding, the loving, the oh, it's coming, it's there, it's not there, I don't know, it's confusing, oh, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so it's beautiful, it's beautiful to see that we have such a wide variety of what love looks like, and we're saying we are setting our own rules. And yes, we are like a baby calf that's just being born, legs a little wobbly, but we'll find our way, we'll find what works for us. And we're not going to let age, or we're not going to let our career, or we're not going to let our sexuality, we're not going to let any of those things stop us from exploring all of these avenues. And so I'm very blessed to have you guys in the space. And just before we depart, I want you each to tell me, what is your wish for South African women? What is your wish for women in general? Money. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, Basically, in terms of where we were, Basically, in terms of where we were as women, where we are now, and where do you see us very shortly? Um, without getting philosophical, I think um, looking at the climate, and you began with it, um, Romantha, about us saying, you know, no longer um, Bogoto, this and that. Um, I think there was a time when those things were necessary, um, you know, and what I wish for South African women um is for them to assert themselves a lot more um in terms of what they want you know speaking up in terms of what they want and stopping at nothing to go and get it we've just spoken now about love um you know money or the you know uh, uh, people wanting to simply i just want a companion for two days that's it um so you know i i feel as though you should be able to say that out loud safely um, you know, and mm. and and not be judged or be seen as you know you are you are hurting or something mm. like that. I, I feel as though um, we need to be speaking up and feeling as though we can. Um, you know, when it comes to the whole you know soft life and things, I, I wish first we can obviously you know afford and be able to you know be self sufficient. Um, in order for you to feel comfortable in yourself. You don't want your softness to belong to somebody else. 
um, you know, that whole bless up, bless mm. mentality was the reason why I, growing up, refused to be soft because I just couldn't identify with, you know, touching somebody that's, you know, double my age. But, you know, it, it came from a good place that time. And then I, I made sure that I pursued each and every goal that and all the opportunities that came my way. But now that I know that I, I, there is that side inside of me, it's been fun exploring my softness because I know um, you know, my life doesn't depend on it or like I cannot lose it just like that because, you know, I've been able to give myself that time to be a base. So in the country that where you know, things like women empowerment, uh, you know, buzzwords and things like that, I hope um, people still chase to empower first the self. And I think holistically, not only financially about mental health and, you know, all of those good things that um, allow you to flourish. And spending time with yourself and understanding exactly what it is that you are asking of another person. Um, we have this culture in this country. We want a, we demand. Oh, I want a man like this. He must be like this. Um, mm, we place long list. yes, we place very low emphasis on what we are offering because we haven't spent time with ourselves to understand exactly who I am. Um, that's why when somebody throws a word, it triggers you, or you know, it it, it you blend out of shape. Um, and you don't understand why. So I, I really wish, um, you know, we all do the work necessary um, to affirm ourselves and assert ourselves and speak up and pursue those things that we want. Can I add on that or go after the feel way? Um, so my wish is just for South African, Black South African woman is courage mm. and braveness. Because I think it's so, and even if I look at myself, you always look at other women and you think, ah, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish mm. I had the courage. I wish I was brave enough. So I, for me, my wish is courage and bravery just to, to say what you want, um, to go for what you want, to not, not, not take a back seat, just to have the courage to speak up and to say what it is that you want, what you need. As simple as that. Beautiful. Oh, I love that because I, I feel like... Um, let me piggyback off <laughs> steps. <laughs> steps, point for real. Like, I think for me, it's also very basic, mm. simple things. Like, just confidence. I... Mm. Um, uh, said shared something in the group recently about how um she's never really wanted or like had the ambition to be a millionaire and that's freaking okay and for me right now my main thing at this moment i just want freedom and my time those are the two things that matter most to me in a very wild way and i need the courage that steph spoke about and just the bravery to be like yeah this is what i need and want right now and fight for it um and get it and it's really so that i can do other things that i that make my soul sing so because things don't exist in silos obviously so i just mm. outside of safety obviously so that we can be alive in order to do mm. all these other things uh definitely just confidence and just surety in ourselves that ain't nobody gonna tell us mm. shit we be out here and what works for me works for me. It doesn't have to work for you. Mm. And that's fine. Yeah. That we are the women that we think we are. Yeah. Listen to me now. And I thank you. 
please and, and thank uh, you thank you we truly are our ancestors wildest dreams and i couldn't have dreamed Amen. of a better first episode for the dope black women's space in south africa thank you so much for your time thank you so much for your stories and your input i value every single one of you and for those of you who want to follow us please go and subscribe to our podcast and all of the platforms mm. if you want to follow us on instagram we are at dope black women one on instagram and twitter and watch out for us on the space we'll be regular features on the dope black women podcast just before we go where can people find you oh you can find me tando Shope on instagreasy uh you can find me tando Shope on twitter and then i've got a youtube channel where i talk nonsense um it's azania realness sometimes i talk serious stuff so just you'll get a mixed masala go ahead and follow the girl i love it for the mixed masals <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm Rafilo Kamili, Kamili, I think, on um, Facebook and Instagram. And where I would like for you to follow me is on my um, coaching page, which is at Mindset Mistress, where I do address uh, wellness when it comes to mindset and being able to pursue the best version of yourself as a woman. Um, the, I, I coach women only. The business was founded, you know, and it's only focused on um, women. So I do hope that a lot of you follow me and check me out. Okay, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Steph's underscore playground, where you can see me have popcorn for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Olivia Pope. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> Alright, and that is it from us. Uh, check us on the next podcast where we bring you some content on South African women and their experiences. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.